Yo, so hopefully you can hear me. I have any earbuds. Uh, I like them. I got them for work because we're not allowed to have headphones in, but um, I really don't care. I mean, I do. Like, I'll have one in and I'll go from there. That's just kind of my C's. Like, I can't do anything tedious without music or at least something or like listening to podcasts or anything. Like, I've always been like that. Like, to me, music is extremely important. Also, like, it makes it easier. Like, it makes the day go faster. Like, it does. Like, it truly makes the day go faster. So it's like you're listening to a podcast and then, like, it's been an hour. So I'm trying these out. Hopefully these sound nice. But I've always – I've been trying to – Full disclosure, I've been trying to think of actual, like, topics to speak about, and I try not to be, I guess, too self-centered in my thoughts uh, about my topics, because I don't think people want to hear about me, but maybe they want to hear my opinion or something. Um, I, I think it's really narcissistic. Like, not very narcissistic, but I think there has to be, we have to admit, if you're starting a podcast, like, there is a level of narcissism that comes with it. You know, like, hey, I like when I talk. Maybe other people like when I talk. And that's kind of where it starts out. Uh, I went to buy a phone today. Definitely needed, I need, I want a new phone just because I want more gigs. I ended up getting the iPhone XR 256 gigs because it was the same price as 11, 128 gigs. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to just go with that. <laughs> I'm going to rock with that uh, for the next two years and see how, like, 256 gigs is, is dope. I'll be able to save all my Spotify stuff and just photos and stuff like that. Um, I'm a, I don't know if people know, but I'm a father. And so I'm going to tell the story about becoming a father. And because I did not cope with it well. Uh, I mean, I cope with it well enough, but not really. So just kind of explain. So I have four children. Uh, they are Azraya, a.k.a. Winner, who is 10. She just turned 10 this year. Quentin, uh, a.k.a. Racer. He is seven. He's going to be eight this year. It's crazy. Uh, Trey, um, he is six, and Riley, who is five. And at no point in my life did I ever think that I would be a dad, nor did I want to be. Like, growing up, I was supremely responsibility-averse, so I never, like, I hated taking care of myself, like, having to take care of shit that didn't involve me having fun. So, that just got... Scary. I think I think when I my tray I was kind of excited for. That was the first kid I was like super amped to be born. Because I was married. I was like, yo, this is the first kid that's like this is my first kid who's not gonna be a bastard. Because the other ones are. <laughs> and I think a lot of my 
responsibility averseness comes from the fact that I never expected to live past 21. Not even that I didn't expect to live past 21. I don't think I cared if I lived past 21. So everybody's talking about, like, what's your plans for the future? I don't fucking have one. I thought I'd go out in a blaze of glory by now. Like, the fact that I'm still here is fucking wild to me. Like, I'm 33. You know? And, dude, it's weird. And to go back, so Azurea, that Azurea was born leading into one of the darkest times of my life. Um, Because in 2000, the day after my 24th, fourth birthday, uh, January 4th, 2011, I tried to kill myself. And what happened with that one was, let me just start back. So I'm living in Pickerton. I'm working at Dairy Queen. And I meet this girl on on MySpace. And this is as it is. She lives in Newark. We hit it off. I have my boy, John. Like, take, like she was paying my boy, John, to take me to her house out in Newark. Because I didn't have a fucking car. And so we go out there. And we're kicking it. And again, at this point, I'm thinking I can't have kids. Because I've been with a, okay, not a bunch, but I've been with a few women uh, in that recent time. And none of them have gotten pregnant. So I'm thinking, I'm in the fucking clear. I'm never going to be a dad. This is great. Boy, was I fucking wrong. But what had happened was, I meet this girl. So Tiffany, that's her name. Tiffany Paulson. I meet her. We start hanging out. We start meeting up at night, banging, and then I leave in the morning. That was the extent of our relationship. I think we hung out someplace else one time, maybe, but it was mostly just like two or three months of us just meeting up, banging the bejesus out of each other, and then going and then going our separate ways. So with that, we end up like we end up falling out because I lost my job at Dairy Queen over some stupid shit. That's neither here nor there. And I go to, like, I just moved, I wanted to move to Atlanta and live with my cousin. Well, his apartment wasn't ready. So I was like, fuck it, let me just go to Miami. And the last time me and Tiff talked, I was in Miami. She was just mad that I left. So there's that. But, lo and behold, going through the rest of 2009, I moved back home, or moving with my mom and her girlfriend. And, a few days after my birthday, Tiff calls me. She's like, well, no, her friend Lindsay hit me up. And she was like, hey, you need to, like, have you talked to Tiffany? She hit me up on Facebook. I was like, no, like, me and Tiff haven't talked for months. Like, I'm pretty sure she blocked me on everything, which would be indicative of our relationship. She'd get mad at me for something and then just block me. And so I was like, and my mom, and I didn't have a cell phone at the time. And my mom's phone, it was weird. Like, it could receive all calls, but it could only dial, like, it only called locally. It was the cheapest fucking phone plan on the planet. So, I give her my number. It's like, F, Tiff called me. And Tiff's like, she ends up calling me. She's like, hey, I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, uh, what's the name so that I had to talk to you? What's going on? She's like, uh, I had a baby. I was like, okay, congratulations. And because I'm thinking, um, I know it takes longer 
then the last time we hooked up was June. It's January. Like, I know it takes longer than six months for a baby to be born. Like, this is not my kid. Like, congratulations. And she's like, well, it's yours. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Just, I didn't mean it, but, like, it's such disbelief. Like, apparently she had been pregnant and not known, quote, unquote. I think she was just hiding it from her mom because her sister was going through it with her baby. Like, their family, like, second generation, like, not Tiff, but her all her and her sister's kids were all preemie. Like, her, like, it was weird, dude. Just mass preemies. And so I'm on the phone with her. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, at this time, I'm working at Babies R Like, I just started Babies R Us, too. So it's like, fuck, well, this is kind of convenient for you, I guess. But yeah, so we. she told me, it's like, yeah, I had a baby. I was like, okay, that's that's weird. Like, what's going on? Like, what's your name? What's how's I'm shocked. Like, bro, did I just get told that I'm a fucking dad? And, like, we hang up. I was like, well, I'll talk to you. Tomorrow. Call me back tomorrow. I'll figure something out if I got to get up there. Because I want to see. It's like, well, she's premature. I was like, oh, shit. Like, let me, I'll find a way to see it. And then, like, I tell my stepmom, I was like, I think I'm a dad now. She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, Tiffany called me. This girl I was messing with before I left for Atlanta slash Miami. And she just told me that she had a baby. And she goes, because, like, and I'm like, this boy done got somebody pregnant. I'm like, hold on. This is. I'm still processing this shit. And I, like, the next day comes, and Tiff calls me. And I've been waiting. And she also didn't have fucking caller ID, so I just kind of had to guess. But we connected on Facebook and shit. And this is for Facebook. You can call people through Facebook. But anyway, Tucks was like, well, yeah, the dad showed up, and it's not yours. I was like, all right, cool, bet. And I do not think about it for the next five months. For the most part, like, we talked, and, like, she came up to Baby Zara's once with her friend Lindsay and I'm looking at Tiff, I'm looking at the baby, I'm like, I don't I can't tell if a baby looks like me or not. I don't know what the fuck I look like as a baby for the most part. And this is like February. So months go by and it's like May. I get a summons to Licking County court to take a paternity test. I'm like, man, this is whack. But I've never, like, I'm, I'm not a mean person. I was never mean to Tiff. Like, we never really had anything bad. It's just, we just didn't work. It was one of those things. So, I go, we pull up to fucking the courthouse. And, like, I'm sitting in there. And, like, I see Tiff and her mom sitting in, in the car. I'm like, all right, cool. So, me and my mom go sit across the way. And Tiff walks in with her mom and the baby across the way. Like, my mom. She's all giddy. This is her first grandchild. Take that back. No. This is my mom's second grandchild. My sister put her on the map. Yeah. My sister Teresa had a kid. <laughs> I mean, you're honest, though. Um, so anyway, uh, we're sitting there, and her mom's like glaring at me. Like, hold on, lady. I did not ravage your child, like your daughter. Like, I didn't scheme on Like, I didn't do anything. We had a conversation. And we just didn't work the fuck out. Like, this is, just do not blame me 100% for this. And we were sitting and waiting. My mom was like, like, upon seeing the chest, oh, yeah, that's yours. What the, f-? I was like, mom, this is not helping. Like, you don't want it to be mine. Like, you're 
the plan is me not have a child. Like that's what we're rooting for. We're rooting for this is not my child. And she was just like, like no, like she takes one look at winners. Like that is that's all you. But she's still like preemie looking, so it's like she's still not, you know, like fully formed. Like she's like super tiny, pretty little thing, but just super fucking tiny. And take some of my hair rugs. <laughs> and we were sitting there, and her mom's like, "Do you not want to sit next to him?" And she's just like, and it's like, mom's happy to stop looking at it. So I'm sitting there, I'm holding, I'm looking at this baby, looking at me, looking at this baby, looking at me. I was like, oh shit. I'm like, oh, well, if it is, mine's a cute kid. And we take the picture and everything. Oh, fuck, I forgot to turn this off. South London. At Pro- oh, yeah, I'm playing Crystal Palace. I'm playing FIFA, too. Uh, but yeah, so. A month or so goes by, and we get the test results, and I'm 99.99999% the fuck. I was like, fuck! And it's just like, I was, and there's no excuse for me now, but just like, at that time, I was like, dude, you're 23, you don't even get a chance to prepare for it. Like, I've had friends who had kids, and I had cousins who had kids, and stuff, so it's just like, I had no idea what it was like to be a dad or even prepare to be a dad or to like finally like, oh, you just got to be responsible. I've never been like at that point, like I haven't been responsible in my 23 years on this planet. Not like responsible, like, hey, don't drink and drive or hey, don't smoke, crack, like stuff like that to like simple stuff, but it's like not, hey. Uh, this person you're going to have to teach like to read and morals and ethics. I'm not ready for this shit. I'm still trying to figure life out. Which same thing for the mom. Like I get that. Like, but again, she had at least some months to know that this kid was coming to kind of like one reach out to me and tell me, hey, we have a situation here. Uh, we're going to at least know each other for the next 18 years of our lives, and that didn't happen. It was just like you're a dad. And I'm working at, by the time we find out, like, I started working at Waffle House. And if you're from Columbus on the east side, like, there's two Waffle Houses on Bryce Road. I worked on the one that's closest to, I guess, other world now, like, close, close to Scarborough, old Scarborough Mall. And it was just a shock to me. Because that was, like, probably one of my de- most depressed years up until that time. Where just like I'm working this job that I don't really like, but I have to fucking keep and I can't get rid of because it's close. Like it's like close to where I live. Like I lived in Canal and George's Creek at that time, and it's just like I don't know. So I don't like really like this job. I'm working odd hours. Like Tiff is being a massive, massive cunt during this time. Like, here's what I mean by that. Let me be specific. Um, she would just put fucked up stipulations on when I can see the kid. And a lot of the times that did not go with my work schedule. Like, I now have to pay child support. So whatever little I am making, most of it is going to fucking child support. So I can't save. I can't do shit 
at all. And I can barely see the kid because Tiff's just mad at me for reasons I do not fucking know. And I'll never fucking know because she'll never fucking tell me, I think. But, like, it got to the point where it's like, like, well, you can see her, but you have to come get her right now. I have to work in an hour. Well, if you don't see her, then you're not, if you don't come now, you're not going to be able to see her for like a month. So it's like, what the fuck? Like, I'm having to jump through hoops and like find babysitters and everything. And it's annoying my family because like, you should have had this planned out. Like, I didn't have none of this shit fucking planned out because I didn't expect to be a father at 23. Like, I didn't expect as in like, I didn't know I was going to be one. So I had no plan. I still didn't. And I was also like just letting them out of pressure because I'm dealing with toxic ass Tiff. And I'm in this or pursuing this relationship with this girl who complete dragged me on through everything. Like it was very toxic. And my depression got worse. Like just super like it went, it got points of like between Christmas and the time that I actually tried to kill myself, I seriously thought about killing myself. Like I heard that if you take too many five hour energy drinks, when you're tired, that your heart may explode. If you also take like time, I don't know. Like I was trying to kill myself on Christmas day. Like here's what Christmas day was. I didn't know if I was going to be able to see my daughter. And that's pretty much the only thing that I wanted to do. Cause I had no fucking money, but I had to work. When you work at Wapash, you're working Christmas day. So I worked Christmas Eve, like 10 to 6. No, it was like 12 to 6, midnight to 6. So I guess technically Christmas Day. And then I worked, then I had to be at work again at 10 o'clock. So I had, I'm running on no sleep, none. And I come home and like, I didn't have a bed. I was sleeping on the couch. And so my, so just in case, my my little stepbrothers and mom and everybody didn't have to come downstairs at Christmas to see me just trying to sleep. I had to sleep in the laundry room. So it was like hard floor, super uncomfortable. I'm still in my work clothes. Like I wash my hands and wash my face, but like I'm still in my fucking work clothes. Like I had like extra pair of like pants and stuff and a shirt to change into. But like I get home at like 6.30. And so, and I wake up again at like 9.30 so I can be at work. So I'm like three hours of sleep. And so I'm doing this, like just wait to sleep and I'm at work again. And then I work 10 to, I want to say two. But so technically, usually it's not that bad. But at this point, I'm dead ass tired. I keep emphasizing that to let you know that I'm dead ass tired. Like I have not slept and I'm just depressed. Like I don't want to do anything. Uh, And then like Tiff calls my stepmom at like six something at night. And she's like, hey, you can come get uh, Azzy. Like, no, she calls me, my stepmom at like 2.30. And I wanted, I just want to go to sleep. That's it. I just want to go, go to sleep. This is probably one of my worst Christmases ever. Uh, and it was a situation where just like, just like Tiff tells my stepmom, it's like, well, you guys can get her. I just don't know when we're going to be free. We're going to be free to be able to get her. It's like, fuck, dude. So I'm just up waiting for this person to call. Like, I may not see her. And so I'm just super stressed out and anxious and just like wanting to see my first kid. Like, yo, this is my first kid. 
in our first Christmas. And so she calls us at like like six after I'd been up all day just waiting because it could have happened at any moment. And she goes, you can come see her. Like, come get her. Like, fuck, dude. That's a nice goal. So I drive to Newark, go pick her up, and I have to, like, bring her back tomorrow. And if I was, like, a minute late, like, Tiff was just going to be a complete cunt. She was a lot, whether I was a minute late or not. And having her, like, I wasn't even able to feel happy for having her. It was just super stressed out. So that kind of, like, ruined like, that first experience, like, really shot in the face the joys of being a fucking parent. Like, people talk about the joys of being a parent. Like, oh, I enjoy it. Like, it's the greatest thing ever. I've never gotten joy out of it. Up until that, like, up until, I want to say, Riley, for the most part, I never got joy out of it. Like, I understood the responsibility. I understood how crucial it was. But it was never a time where I was just like, man, I'm so happy to be a parent. Because it was never that. It was always baby moms being mad at me over something that I did not do or could not control or I don't know, like them wanting something for me that I could like, they're wanting me to just be the perfect dad. Like, again, I'm still self like even let me just break it down to this. So during that week between Christmas, like nine days between Christmas on birthday, I'm still dealing with this girl. Uh, what's her name? Brittany. That's her name. And I'm running around doing everything for her. And, like, it's truly allowing myself to be taken advantage of. Like, I was a really nice guy. Like, a a supreme simp. Just a super... I'm still nice, but just, like, giving of myself more than I could. Like, I was extending more of myself for everything. Like, I used to write these long ass super sappy notes before I went to bed every day for her that she'd see in the morning. Like every day for like three months. When I say every day, I mean every fucking day. Like this girl was to me the end all be all. Coupled with that being in that toxic ass shit and then also dealing with my toxic ass baby moms who would just be mean for no reason. Like who would just be like, she would just toy my with me for no reason. I remember one time, and I got pissed at my mom for this. And and my stepmom, she's like, "Well, you guys can." So like, she called my um, stepmom for some. They got cool, and she's like, "Hey, Tiff said we could see the baby, but you can't be here." And I'm like, "I'm the reason y'all are grandparents. Like, what do you mean I can't be here? Like, this is my house. I live here." I was like, "Your mom. You're my mom." You're like you're not her like you're not as his grandmother, but you're my mom. Like you're not Tiss mom. Like you, what the fuck are you doing? But it went through because I mean they, I, it's their house. So I have to fucking listen. So I had to go to my aunt's house and just sit there for like two hours while they visit with my fucking kid. And then uh, my aunt drops me back off at my parents at my mom's house, and Regina was just like, oh. No, my mom was like, oh, I feel so bad. Like, like we should have did that. Like, this is your house. Like, we shouldn't have, like, we shouldn't have sided with her. Like, I've forgiven my mom for everything that we went through when I was a kid because, I mean, I was a kid. 
and she got sober super fucking fast. So it's like, I mean, for the most part, like, it wasn't really detrimental. Like, there's nothing to really be mad at. Like, my life was fine without living. Like, my life was better growing up in Pickerton with my aunt and uncle than it would have been if I lived with my mom and had to go through the shit that my stepbrothers had to go through with her previous girlfriend and stepbrothers with her current girlfriend. Like, so I'm not mad at her about that. Like, crack was crack, dude. Like, it got everybody. Everybody. Like, very few people were immune to it. Like, it was an epidemic for a reason. No one saw that shit coming. But, so dealing with that shit, and I think, like, I got her, I got Asley for, like, New Year's Eve, I had to work, and I went home. I remember, like, I worked earlier that day, and I was taking this girl and her friend to these fucking uh, New Year's parties. And I wanted to fucking go, but I couldn't because I had to fucking work at one. And you have to work. Two days you have to work and when you're at work at Waffle House. Uh, Christmas Day, New Year's Day. Like, no one's getting that off. It's all hands on deck because there's people who don't have families. <laughs> so, so New Year's Eve, I'm like definite suicide mode. Like, so I go home and I mix up all the cleaning chemicals and put it in a water bottle. I'm like, I'm finna just drink this shit and ride the fuck out. Like, my suicidal tendencies wasn't I just want to blow my brains out. I was just like, I want to die and feel myself dying. But I don't want to cut myself because that shit hurts. And that would, I don't know. There's a weird, you want to be comfortable in your death, which is, now that I think about it, not that not that uncommon. People want to be comfortable when they pass. And they, I just wanted the pain to end. Whatever pain was going through my head, I wanted that shit fucking out my system. So, we... Like, for for my birthday, I begged and pleaded to tip. Just begged and pleaded. Please, let me get it. Let me, it's my birthday. Let me see it. So, I get it. And thanks to drop her off and everything. And so, the next day, I try to kill myself at work. And it was a stupid fucking thing in the sense of... Uh, I drank bleach. But it was so diluted, because it's fucking Waffle House, that nothing happened. I just remember myself fucking passing out. Just like, I think the weight of everything. And I'm sitting there thinking like, it's going to take, it's like, well, it doesn't burn. Well, I guess it's going to take effect and just go through my system and then I'll just die. I'm thinking it's more like lethal injection. And it wasn't. I lived, I'm in the hospital. They put me in place. So it's just like, my mom's like, you got to go to get help and all this shit. And so, yeah, it's ended up in a mental war for 20 days. That shit was not great. Not great at all. Not because, I mean, I didn't want to be around people. Like, I was oppressed, but being in a fucking mental war made it even more worse. Because you know what I missed when I was in a fucking mental war? My daughter's first birthday. That ate the fuck out of me. Like, I should have been dead. Like, I should have just not been alive, and then she wouldn't miss me. Like, I'm alive. And I'm missing her because I'm not dead. And that shit sucked. Like, that that fucked me the whole January 9th, 2011 was not a fucking great day. Like, it was almost as bad as January 4th. But, like I said, that was just the beginning of my foray into fatherhood like 
the next situation was a little better, but it ended up becoming way more fucking tragic in the sense of it was like a, it's like not the earthquake is bad. The aftershock is also bad too. Cause you don't fucking expect, like you expect it, but you don't expect it to be as close to the initial hurricane. And that's what happened. So I'm in the middle ward, I get out and I was like, that's it. I need to start making more money because I can't just work at Waffle House. I'm going to end up broke. So I ended up working at Pizza Hut in my hometown, uh, which is pretty So I worked there and there's, there's a girl that everybody just kind of had an issue with, but I didn't know why they had an issue with her. And so I'm the type of person with, if people, if everybody doesn't like you, being that I grew up in a situation to where not everybody fucking liked me, even for shit that I can or can't control, I'm going to gravitate to that person just to see why. Like, this can't be, like, you can't, you're, you can't be as bad as everybody's fucking saying it. So her name's Stacy. Me and Stacy, or Stacy and I, proper, we headed off. Like over the fact that we both had issues with depression. And so like we got along, like we like I remember our first date, we just went for a drive. Like there's in Fairfield County, like there's just a bunch of roads that lead everywhere. Like you can go into Canal, you can go into Lithopolis, you can go into fucking Millersport. Like you can just go. We just drove. And like it was just one of it was just a good a, like a good time like and that was the first time that I felt accepted and like loved and appreciated and even like like I felt something genuine and this is where I fucked up because she was supposed to be on birth control but she's also taking antidepressants and a bunch of other shit and when you're taking antidepressants sometimes fucking your birth control doesn't work and so yeah, I remember it was her 23rd birthday yeah, 23rd birthday, June was it, 28th, yeah, June 28th, 2011, and that's when our, my first boy was created, unbeknownst to us, but what happened with that relationship was that she just, I remember one week, everything was cool, like after birthday, she just disappeared for like a week, like, and we're used to talking, seeing each other every day, like, every day like contact like it was constant like i talked to her more than i talked to even my cousin q and i talked to that nigga at this point almost every day because apparently like because does cousin almost died from his own hand so he wants to make sure he's all right and it's like she's disappeared seven days like i didn't hit anything facebook nothing on myspace again like when people still it's kind of still using myspace like nothing on anything like i texted her nothing and then, like, she comes back. She's like, yeah, just going through things. And, like, a month goes by. I kind of forgave her, but I kind of just started having trust. And she was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you can't just be bouncing like that, dude. But what happened was, like, a month goes by. And it's, like, August. And she's like, hey, what are you doing right now? She calls me early in the morning. And at this point, I started, I got a car. So I'm partying again. I'm I'm back to just like I'm not suicidal, but I'm supremely self-destructive. Like, nigga, like I'm with all the fuck shit. All of it. Like every last piece of fuck shit, I'm with. I'm for it. I'm here rocking with it. 
And she calls me up after a long ass fucking day, man. Like, it's probably like two days where me and my buddies were just drinking all the fucking time. And because I work, when you work second shift, you're going to fucking party, dude, especially at 24. Like, 24, I'm trying to get over the ex. I'm still dealing with the fallout from this girl just disappearing and just not telling me what happened, but she's swearing she didn't cheat on me. And she calls me up and says, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I just, I'm waking up. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, I'm pregnant. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Again, I don't, I'm not trying to say that, but I'm drunk as shit. Like, like I probably just went to sleep maybe three hours before. And it's like new. And so it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm pregnant. I was like, and I remember saying, it's like, well, you better find who you were with that week you were gone after your birthday because I'm pretty sure you might want to inform that person. And there's this huge trust. Like, I haven't been anybody, just you. I was like, you disappeared for seven days and nothing, nothing at all. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And that situation just got weird just because she, I mean, I get she's trying to say like, yo, I want you involved in this and the pregnancy and everything. Like, this is my first kid. This is your second. Like, you should do this. And so, I'm treating it as tentatively as possible. Like she would invite me to uh, doctor's appointments and everything. And I would make like one or two of them. Like, yeah, I probably made like one or two. Cause I'm just like, I'm just thinking like, this is not my fucking kid. Like I'm not worried about it at all. And it was really just, it's just weird. Like I'm still, in the midst of trying to forget the past 365 days, I'm still getting assy and dealing with stupid ass fucking Tiff. And I don't know, like I would say I wasn't excited. And there's so many things around. Like I hadn't met her parents yet. Like I don't think I met. I, yeah, I didn't meet Stacey's parents till 2017. Quentin, it was five. That's the first time I met her parents. First time, dude. This is years after he's already born. They already had this idea of me of being this guy who just is a fuck up. And I was, but, or this bad person, which I wasn't, but it just, I was a fuck up. I fucked up, but I didn't give a shit because I didn't give a fuck. Like at 24, I was like, all right, cool. If I make it to 27, I'm good. I got cash out at 27, be part of the legendary 27 club, whatever the fuck that is. At that point, for fucking people from Columbus, um, it was a weird transition period. Like, the baby's born. I remember, oh, let me tell you a fucking story about the baby, when my son was born. My son was born, Quentin Gregory Litchfield. Um, we're supposed to name him after me, but she got mad at me and was like, no, I'm going to name him what I'm going to name him. All right, bet. Fuck it. So I'm my kid anyway. Go fuck yourself. I think that's one of the things that I said. And I remember the Monday he was born, because it was a Monday. Uh, it was the weekend of my homeboy, Jamie Cottle, a.k.a. DJ Corrupt, one of my oldest friends. Um, we're not as close as we were before, but that's still, if he ever needs anything, I'm there for him. Uh, very few people I can say that about. But it was his 25th birthday uh, weekend. 
And so we started drinking. He probably started Wednesday, but I started Thursday. Thursday, we go to Saloon. This is Club Park Street Saloon. It's Club in Columbus. That was dope. It's, it was dope. Top 40 club, everything. We were having a ball. Me, him, and Rusty. This is all weekend, dude. We had changed the outfits. We were just going to rage the fuck out. I was like, my nigga's 30, 25. We're going to ball. And we got blitzed every fucking night from Thursday to Sunday. And I remember waking up at around eight something in the morning, which was wild because I went to bed at like three or four. I said, we spent the whole weekend drinking, so there's no way we're down. I'm just waking up right on Bushy's head. And it was funny. I woke up the time Quentin was born. Because I just remember just waking up and just being up and not being able to go back to sleep. And like I remember Stacy called me like a week later. And she's like, hey, I had Quentin. I was like, you weren't going to, because she was supposed to, I was like, I was like, okay, like, thanks for telling me, but, like, if this is my kid, don't, wouldn't you think I was supposed to be there? Well, I didn't know if I wanted you there or not. I was like, man, get the fuck out of here. I was like, well, what time is it going? She's like, 8, 19. I'm trying to remember the time, but like, I was like, I got up exactly at that fucking moment. And I was just up. She's like, he's yours, he's yours. And, I mean, I had to go take paternity tests and everything. But everything that I'd done, like, father was just, like, turmoil. Which I didn't want. I didn't want for the kid, especially. Like, bro, like, nah. And it was just one of those, like, that, those two experiences ruined the fun and the joy out of, like, it's just this mental block of, like, being a parent. And I I guess because I wasn't full time, like I wasn't with the kids like all the time, I never really got a chance to be a parent. parent. It's just like you're a glorified babysitter at that point. Like it it's it's really wasn't it really wasn't a fun fucking time. Like so it's just like, oh, this is the greatest thing. Like, don't you know? I was like, bro, like I I guess like to me, like the kid's just another bill. And for the longest time, like, I felt like that because I really hadn't established or had a chance to or given myself to establish. a. Because, again, I'm thinking I'm going to die. So I don't want to build a relationship with this kid if I plan on dying next to some fucking hooker in some uh, motel. You know, so just like I, I really had no had no. It's super self-centered and again, super self-destructive. Like I'm trying to fight back my depression by just being as self-destructive and thrill-seeking as I can. You know, that's kind of where it came from. And I think with Trey, that one I was super excited for because I've gotten married. And again, every time I get told I'm I'm having to get I'm drunk that morning. Like I don't know what the fuck it is. But, yeah. 
but I was excited for Trey. Like I'm going to all the like again, this is my wife. Like this is the first uh, Leighton Jordan that isn't born out of wedlock. Like this kid is created out of love and planning. Like eventually we wanted to have a kid. I was like, I wasn't high up on it, but she's like, if she wants to do this, I'm not gonna be a dick. I'm not gonna deny her. Like this is my wife. This is what I married her for. Like I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with this person. Still, at the same time, thinking I'm going to die by fucking 27 or 30. And I'm 26 at this time. So anyway, um, with Trey, like, he was born, but he was so premature. Like, I remember being in the hospital and, like, my wife at the time, Tina, uh, like, almost dying. Like, there was, like... It was bad, dude. Like, I could have lost a boat. And that part just scared the shit out of me. Like, he's cool. Like, Jordans are hard to kill. Like, you can't take us out. Not easily. It's, um... Yeah, like... Being a parent, to me, is, has never felt like a joy. So I've never really taken to it like it's a joy. I've always taken to it like it's just something that I have to do. Up until even with Trey, it was cool, but again, I'm, I'm really self destructive. And it's not fair to, to my wife, it's not fair to the kids, like, it's at, at anybody. It's not really fair to the subsequent family, too. It's like, dude, get a hold of your life. Like, I'm not trying, I'm trying to not die. Well, go see counseling. I can't afford that shit. I'd rather just get high and fucked and drunk and uh, forget shit. But I want to do an opium. So if you don't know me, like I did MDMA. That was mine. That is my drug of choice. But yeah, I think Riley, that was a situation where it's just like I became a full-time father. And I was actually able to see and feel those things that people felt about being like super fucking happy to be a parent. Like your kid's first steps, feeding your kid the kid's first birthday and holding them and them calling them like revering you. Like, and them seeing you as this all important person, even though you still feel like a piece of shit. But I think at that time, like when Riley was born, like I didn't feel like I had a, a better plan. You know what I'm saying? Like I was finally in a job that I liked. And I wanted to stay at. Uh, I was happy with my relationship, like exceedingly. Uh, so it's like it, it took me to like fourth try to finally get what the what all the fuss was about. You know, you uh, wake up and they're crying, and they 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 only want you to hold them when they're asking you questions, and they're like expecting you to know stuff. And nine times out of ten, I, I know a lot of shit. Um, I don't know. Like, that's just kind of what it is. Like, like, because everything was so tumultuous and because for the longest, just, uh, like, it, I still have bouts of self-destruction. And I don't think that's ever going to really go anywhere. I just want to make sure that I'm using it positively. Like, that fervor that I have for finding new 
like, I don't know, like you, like I'm trying to parse this stuff all real time. I don't plan none of it, which has probably been my problem through most of life. I rarely plan shit. But when you only think, like, I get, I'm only going to be alive this amount of, like, this long, you don't really care to plan shit. And that was the scariest part. Like, I remember after Trey was born, I had this anxiety attack. I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, I have nothing to, I have nothing to give this kid. Like, I'm not prepared for this. Like, not financially, not mentally. Like, he's in the house because he's preemie. Like, he's in the hospital. He could die at any moment. And so everything just... Once something I feel becomes a burden, like an unnecessary burden where I don't get anything out of it, not like nothing tangible out of it, I just kind of quit. And that's not good for the people who need me to not quit. But it's one it's one of those things that I'm working on. Like I'm trying to work on not holding grudges. I'm trying to work on not being a fucky forever type person. And literally all I can do is just take it day by day. That's it. And try to reestablish those relationships. Like, it's going to be hard as fuck because Trey lives in Illinois and his mom, Tina hates me for the right reason. I was a horrible husband uh, because of my self-destruction. Like, Tiff hates me for no goddamn reason. None. I've never, me and Tiff, I've never done anything to her. Ever. Uh, But there's that. I think what I'm trying to get through, because I'm pretty, I don't know if I want to have another kid or not. I don't know. I do not know. Um, If I'm right, if I'm right. Like, I'm saying I don't know is that I'm not, you know, not saying I never want to. But it'd be cool to have that feeling again, like, okay, this baby's coming and have an announcement and have a baby shower and like do the whole thing about the kid so the kid knows he's love for or she's love out the jump. Like it's not like, yeah, my dad and mom got together, fucked a few times and then now they don't fucking talk to each other. In fact they probably are plotting right now to kill one another. Or at least injure each other severely. So, and I like I said, I don't want that. Like, like no kid wants, like no kid wants to grow up with that. With their parents are contentious. Like if someone, if I got the call like, "Hey, Tiff got shot in the face," I'd be like, "Damn, how many bullets were wasted?" And like you can't say it about your baby mom. The fuck you can't. You truly can. Like, if someone goes out of their way to make your life miserable because they're angry about something you had no idea that you fucking did, you can kind of rejoice when they get shot in the fucking face. And I always think about this. Like, what if Tiff is my... Like, what if Tiff is a perfect woman for me? Like, what if she's the one I'm supposed to be with? Like, that would freak me the fuck out. I'd be mad. I'd be severely mad. I'd go to the pearly gates like, hey, Pete, come here for a second. I need to talk to the big guy. What are you thinking, bro? 
Like, we clearly do not get along. Why are we together? We should not be together. This is only going to end up in fucking tears. I don't know. I will say this. I'm never leaving a girl with big butt for a girl with big titties ever again. Because that just led to fucking trouble. So what did happen? That's what happened. But you guys, this has been longer than I thought it'd be. No, I'm, all right. that's what she said. But you take care of yourself. And this has been Chaos Reigns. Peace.